Welcome to episode 5 of the Barnsley Museums podcast. This episode is all about Barnsley Markets. The town makes a natural shopping centre for the villagers around, and to this largest open-air market in the north of England come thousands of shoppers every week. For visitor and resident alike, Barnsley Market has much to offer. Something for the young, something for the not-so-young, something for everyone. Bananas by the bunch, apples by the pound, or it might be a bargain remnant to make a dress. It was in 1249 that a charter was granted by King Henry III to hold a market day each week on a Wednesday. Where the thousands throng these days, it is worth recalling that when this charter was granted, it was likely that the customers did not number more than a few hundred, and only that on a fine day. That was the voice of Tom Bamford. Recorded in the 1960s, it was part of a film called The Portrait of Barnsley and Its People. It was produced by the Barnsley Rotary Club, you can watch clips on the Barnsley Museum's YouTube channel and you can buy the full DVD from the Experience Barnsley gift shop. Moving on to the 1980s with Harry Brooks. He worked on Barnsley Market for almost 30 years. He worked as a toilet attendant but in his spare time he was an amateur photographer and throughout the 80s he captured all the atmosphere of market life taking hundreds and hundreds of photographs of events and market traders. If you are listening to this podcast before the 25th of January 2020, you can see a lot of these photographs on display at an exhibition at the Civic. You can also view the whole collection in Barnsley Archives in the Town Hall weekdays without making an appointment. Sadly, Harry is no longer with us. Along with his huge collection of photographs, he also left notes about his time on the market. Here's a short extract from his notes. Times have changed as I look back over the years, much for the better in many ways. But one thing that has not changed is the hard-working traders putting in endless hours of time and keeping up their good humour and hospitality to the public. I am glad to be part of this congregation of grafters. It should make the people of Barnsley feel proud that we have such a good fine team of workers. In fact, I have made up an album of photographs of traders, which has taken me just over a year to do. Of course, not all the traders are featured, but then some people don't want their photograph taken like one older lady who would not let me photograph her. It was a bit of a disappointment to me as she is the longest serving lady on Barnsley Market. My reason to compile an album of market people and events is so that when I decide to retire, I shall have a a pictorial history to remind me of the many, many happy years spent working in the market precinct. Ending this Barnsley Markets podcast is an interview between Gemma Geldart and Anne Untis, who was the group leader of Barnsley Markets and the Town Centre until her retirement in 2018. Just going back to the markets then, um, what sort of age were you when you started? God, I'd have been, um, I'd have still been at junior school. Definitely still been at junior school. Well, I'd have been, uh, from a very, very early age, I went. I accompanied my mum to, to the markets. I've always, I've always done it. Because um, my grandma and granddad lived at Wood Street, when I got older, I used to, my mum used to come and work on market. I used to go work for a bit for Uncle Tony, basically scrubbing muck off edge because it didn't used to come like it does now, all sanitised. It used to come complete with roots and grubs and, and we used to clean it up. I used to put the tarp on the stall and set it up and I used to get there with my brother, probably about nine-ish, ten, I can't remember, early, early morning but not early, early. I were only allowed to do a little bit because I were only young. Um, 
and then but my brother used to work all day um, and then I used to at dinner time I used to get a pie from somewhere I can't remember where but I vividly remember getting a, a warm pork pie off one at Butcher's who used to I used to call and get one and I used to have one saved for me because I worked at market and then I used to walk up to Wood Street past um, SR Gent, she used to be there, I used to walk up there and on the top was, a, it still is a set of rocks I used to meet my cousin Darren and we used to play on rocks for half an hour before we had to go to my grandma's for as dinner for when my granddad got back from brewery. Describe um, what it looked like and where the markets were. Um. They were all down Market Hill, I mean I only really remember the ones at the top because my, my uncle Tony were fruit and veg and um, John uh, Slack's dad Oh, he doesn't stand on the market now, but did for quite a while. He remembers me being there actually, which was strange when I got this job and started running markets. And he said, "Yeah, I remember you working for Tony. Polish Tony." He called him. He was just Uncle Tony to me. Um, and uh, they were all down the hill. They were wooden, green wood, and they had tarpaulins on the cream, creamy white tarpaulins on the roof that they used to stretch over. And they just had like scaffolding planks, as you would call them now, as stall beds. And then we had a little couple of little like stools we could stand on because we were on a little. And we had like a, they call it a dolly tub, uh, a tin tub, tin barrel that they used to wash the stuff in. So we used to have a scrubbing brush and just wash stuff in there. And then Uncle Tony used to trim it with a big knife. So like you cut the bottoms off the, um, it trimmed so much before we washed it and then we'd wash it and then he'd kind of peel anything that were bad off and stack it on the store. But he would serve. But my brother served as well. I didn't, I never, I can't remember what happened to I, I think he fell poorly and, and I know by the time I was kind of a teenager, he wasn't, he wasn't on the store much anymore. My brother was still working for him, but I, I didn't go much then. Um, so. What was the atmosphere like around there? Was it like sounds and smells and... Busy, busy, really, really busy. Because there was, there were all the markets were different. Because meat and fish were in a separate place that were down where we're building the new library now. In fact, only a couple of weeks ago, we found one of the signs on the back wall where the meat and fish had been, which were really weird for me. So I, I talked to contract saying I, I used to sit under these signs, and we're like, get on with you. Well, I used to sit under these signs. They're like, like marbly kind of slabs underneath them where fishmongers were. Um, so that were different. And that side of there were that down Market Hill were just all on a on a hill. So it was just ma market on a hill, and it's Market Hill. And was that just fruit and vegetables? I only remember the fruit and veg, but it might have been mixed, but I think originally when I've looked into it for work, I think years and years ago, going back to like centuries ago, it used to be a massive meat market and there was something ridiculous like about fifty meat stalls up there. But when I was there it was predominantly fruit and veg and not, not so much meat. Meat or certainly the fish markets, can't really remember much about the meat market. We're down, down where we're building the library and there were some steps and a pub at the top and some toilets which bizarrely I think were only men toilets. I remember us having to go miles for our toilets. And then there were the big market on Mayday Green which was the, the big general market um, which I, I kind of remember it being there but because when we came to market I was just a bit my Uncle Tony's store. It, 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 it was there but it, it weren't part of my life kind of thing, so I knew, knew of it but didn't really use it much. Um, and then, in fact, I remember being stood at the top of the steps going down to the market, the meat and fish market, and a lady saying, you're Annie Barraclough's daughter. I'm like, I have no idea who you're talking about. And that was my mum's mum who died when my mum was eight, the Salvation Army lady. But the markets have, have, have 
been a massive constant in my life, all, all my life, kind of. I think if you cut me through the middle, it would probably rebounds the market. So that's why it was a, uh, it sounds really corny, uh, but it, it was a big privilege to get a job where I was both running the markets and involved in redeveloping them again. So how did that come about? The I know that's covering probably quite a. Uh, well, no, it's kind of the end of my end of my career. That sounds a bit final, doesn't it? The 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 kind of up to date bit is um, worked for the authority about twenty years, worked in tourism and promotions. Um, not my background. My background's um, packaging design and uh, and marketing. But, but I ended up in tourism and promotions. Ended up in culture. Got offered the job to manage the town centre after a massive restructure. Took it. Uh, then I had to reapply for it and do a degree in six months, else I couldn't have the job, which I did, and passed. Uh, <laughs> and then about five, six years ago, I was offered this job, uh, which at the time was more town centre management and managing the central and district markets. And then I was involved with the 1249 project that failed. Um, and then. A couple of years ago, Steve out and had us in office and went, by the way, we want you to build a new town centre and make the market at its heart. So then I became part of the team that builds the market. Uh, so I've, I've moved under my kind of tenure, whatever you want to call it. It's, uh, I've moved the open market into the precinct. I've built an open May Day Green Market, not personally, not on my own, obviously, the team, but kind of led it from the market side, the May Day Green Temporary Market in the DeBars building. And most recently, the, the move into Market Parade, refurbishing that, and now we're starting on the last one, and we're just working on the final location for the meat fish to move into next year. So it's it's a real, it really is an honour. It's you know, it's I, I, we we joke about it. My brother came up. My brother lives down south, and we were walking through, and you, you know, everybody says, "Hey, John, hey, Karen, how are you doing?" How's kids? And you're going through and it's just banter all the way through, uh, either taking the mickey or just general allows. And, and my brother actually turned around and says, Mum and Dad have been so proud. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> I think they would actually, yeah, they'll like that. <laughs> my dad would especially, because he, 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 what is town, because he, he was born in Central Bounsley. So this is, this is mine. <laughs> it's my, my bit of my life that I just think is, is so important. And, I've got to get it right, and you know, often, often traders will say, "Oh God, I can't believe this. Can't you've done? Believe you've done this? Can't believe you're doing that? Can't believe you know that?" And I often think, "God, if you only knew what I do behind the scenes, because I just fight for this place like, I, it's a real passion, and you can't always in my job, you can't, you can't always tell them what goes before, or or why why you have to." say what you have to say about something because it, it's part of your role and, and I would never ever change that and I'm fiercely loyal to the authority as I am to the market so if in my job I have to toe a line then I have to toe a line it, it, you know it is, it is what it is however I will fight behind the scenes fiercely for our believing and until I reach that point when I either it's, it becomes or it doesn't and then I'll manage what I have to manage or I'll, I'll It'll be good that it's got all it's got. And I'm fiercely proud of what we've done so far. It's, I think it's just absolutely amazing. So, and I walk through Mayday Green and it makes me smile. I beam from here to here. It has its problems. It's cold in winter. It's too warm in summer. It, 
some traders would want a bigger smut stall, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's always the day-to-day -day stuff that will never ever change, you know. You could, you could give everything, every, everything they wanted and like me, there'd always be something else I'd want. But I walked through that building and I think, yeah, this is good. I really like this. And it always makes me smile. Always makes me smile. So could you just maybe say a bit more about exactly what you're trying to do with the new markets and, and how? There's, there's two bits to it. There's, there's, a bit, there's a bit for me personally, which is, and, and it's the same for the authority. It, the, two are, the two do marry. But he, for me personally, it is about making it, it, it the very best so I can leave a legacy. And, and it'll be my way of giving something back to the town. Where I, I were educated, where I were brought up, where I educated, we've got some fantastic memories and where my family's from. And it is, it is about giving something back. So it's probably beyond the job for me. Whereas, whereas somebody could come in from, I just, I don't know, Watford. Somebody could come in from Watford and they could get a job and they could be fiercely passionate about it. But ultimately, they're not going to be here. They're going to go on to Sheffield, Leeds, Doncaster, Manchester, whatever. Whereas this is my town. Uh, and I, I make no apologies for saying it's my town because it, it is. It, so same as it's somebody else who was born and bred in Barnes, it's their town too. So for me, it's about making something that's got a lasting legacy, something that's really important to the town and has been part of the heart of the town forever. Well, since 1249, maybe not forever. <laughs> not when dinosaurs were here, I don't think it were. But the, other than that, I think it's, it's about making it so that it is recognised for its importance and we do such a good job that people want to come back to. It will never be like it were because how it was before people had to shop on a market. There wasn't an Asda, there wasn't a Sainsbury's. You had to come into town if you wanted fresh fruit. So there's no getting away from the fact that you're never gonna get to those days where you are it. But you can make it the best that possibly is to compete with everybody else. And that's what it's all about for me, making it the best. Why is it important for the markets to be there? It's a massive draw and it's what makes us unique. I, it's, I, in Midtown Centre Management Head, I go to loads and loads of towns, I talk to loads and loads of colleagues from up and down the country, and there's lots of people built markets, but we're putting our market smack in the middle. We're putting our market where somebody like Marks and Spencers or, or any of the other nationals would love to be, absolutely prime in the heart of the town. No two ways about it, it's prime retail and that's completely different from anywhere else. Everywhere else thinks, oh, market, yeah, we, mm, we still need a market, but where can we push it? So you bung it at the end of somewhere, or, or you pay lip service to it, being near a bus route, or, well, you know, when we've redeveloped that, it'll be the, at the heart of that. Well, we're not, we're like, it's here. It's, if you stick a pin in the middle, it's there. Smack in the middle of development, with massive entrances saying, we're here. You can't miss us, we're here. But the one thing we'll have that nobody else has is the biggest department store made up of market stalls. And that's what we've got, and it sells everything. It sells everything from big pants to fruit and veg and, and meat that, that cooks and chefs travel to be filmed with that goes out on national TV, to a carpet. So, you know, it's got everything. I, you know, you can pick stuff out of fresh air and it's probably got it. Or if it, if it hasn't, I can say, well, you need to speak to so-and-so, she'll be able to get you it. And it's got that. Plus it's got, 
it's got people that are passionate about what they're delivering. So if you go to a stall, you're not going to New Look with somebody serving you. Meeting New Look's criteria, no doubt, of customer care and everything, but they haven't got that vested interest. Because the vested interest in that stall is that stall holders, or that stall holder's relative, or somebody who's worked on that stall for ages, or even somebody that's from Barnsley and has always gone to that stall. So everything seems to have a link to it. There doesn't seem to be a disparate, pick somebody up and drop it in. A bit like a local authority, pick somebody up, drop it in. Fantastic people can do a fantastic job. But ultimately, you may or may not stay there. They will. The, the majority of those traders will stay there. And if they don't keep it in the family, somebody who works on that cell will probably take something and build the next step and either open their own stall or take over that stall. Some do go to the wall, it's, it's, it's business. But in the main, they've all got a passion about what they're doing. And you've got to respect that. It's, it's, it's hard. You know, and all we can do is provide them with the best environment and put them in a prime position, which is what we've done. There ends the sermon from Anontis. <laughs> but that's what I feel. Yeah, I am, I am you know, it's, it is what it is. It's, Where does that come from in you? Does that, is that, um, is that to do with being from Balzer or is that to do with your experience on the Saturday mornings or... I think it's a bit of everything because it's something that's been part of my life for so long. It's been part of my life since, since I, I suspect, since I was born and didn't know anything about it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to check out the Harry Brooks archive by visiting the Discovery Centre in the Town Hall and you have until the 25th of January 2020 to see a selection of these photographs over at the Civic.